0: And with that, I'd like to welcome you into the first, the inaugural Carson's Sack podcast where we talk balls. I am your host, Carson Karras, coming to you live. From the crossings in Lexington, Kentucky. I've been wanting to start a podcast here for a while. Talk about sports. Talk about really anything I want to when it comes to sports. And thought it was about time I finally got to. So with that being said... This first podcast is gonna focus on three things. We're gonna talk a little bit about college football. We're gonna give you the games of the week. Gonna give you some pickums there. We're gonna talk about maybe some Heisman candidates. Then we're gonna end that conversation with a little bit of uh, college football predictions for the playoffs. Who might win the whole championship? Then we're gonna move our way into the uh, baseball season that's coming to an end. We're gonna look at the races there, and then we're gonna look ahead to the postseason. Following that, we're gonna talk a little bit about NFL preseason in its last week we're gonna see who impressed this preseason who kind of was a disappointment teams overall that did well didn't do so well might drop a little fantasy knowledge on you give some sleeper picks and then just look ahead a little bit to the season So without further ado, let's get into this college football. Uh, Season starts September 1st, so uh, they got a nice slate of games for us that night. First one being Louisville vs. Charlotte, a little hometown game for you. UofL is favored by 38.5 points. Not real sure if they're going to be able to cover that 38.5, but uh, definitely think UofL is going to win the game pretty handedly. Uh, Probably behind a big game from uh, Lamar Jackson. UofL's season's probably going to rely a lot on Lamar Jackson, but uh, he's a great quarterback, really good mobile quarterback, good passer, had a whole offseason to uh, really learn the offense. Bobby Petrino wants him to learn. Uh, UofL in the ACC conference normally dominated by Florida State and uh, Clemson, but uh, UofL looking to make a little noise in that conference this year. Uh, Pick third in the conference, but uh, could easily challenge them. uh, Have a game. Have a game. At Clemson, but then they get Florida State at the oven in Louisville. So anything could happen there. I uh, think the Cardinals will go as far as Lamar Jackson takes them this year. So just be on lookout for them. Then we got another hometown game as well. We got the Hilltoppers from Western Kentucky versus Rice. Western Kentucky is a sixteen and a half favorite. Definitely think they'll be able to cover that. But a big story to look through for the season is how can Jeff Brom and the Hilltoppers replace one of probably the best quarterbacks in the country last year, very underrated, Uh, Brandon Dowdy. Uh, Probably, like I said, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. A little bit of a late-round draft pick for the uh, Dolphins this offseason, too, in the draft. Uh, Really good player. Never really got the credit he deserved nationally, but pretty good. One way I think they can replace him is being able to run the ball. And uh, they got a great running back there, in, uh, DeAndre Furby. He's a bit of a bigger running back, but uh, can catch balls, gets out in space, can make people miss, but also isn't afraid to uh, lower the boom once in a while. So, like I said, look for WKU to win that one. Definitely cover the 16-and-a-half. Then, moving on, we got uh, South Carolina versus Vandy. Two SEC schools opening up. Two SEC schools who have kind of been mudding along, not really been making any noise in the conference, kind of been uh, basement dwellers, but Vandy in its third year under Derek Mason, uh, looking to Move its way up, make a bowl game, make a little noise in the SEC East. Um, definitely think they could make the bowl game. I think Derek Mason's got them playing really well. They have a good they've had a good defense the past couple years. I think it's only gotten better. Uh, South Carolina though, probably gonna be a little bit of a challenging season. Uh, first year under Will Muschamp. He's a bit of a hothead as a coach. Uh Kind of throws fits when things aren't going his way. Going to have a hard time rebounding from the debacle that was last year with Spurrier leaving in the middle. Not really playing well at all all season. Um, Like I said, Vandy is a four-point favorite. Uh, I definitely think Vandy will win. I'll say they'll cover, but uh, wouldn't be surprised if this is a close game. But definitely could see Vandy coming out, especially at home, SEC against South Carolina, who has a new coach trying to get their whole system in place. Definitely see Vandy coming out on top. Then for the little nightcap, we got Tennessee versus Appalachia State. Tennessee is a 20-and-a-half point favorite. Definitely taking the balls here, uh, even though... Appalachia State does have a bit of a history ruining uh, potential magical seasons like they did against Michigan a couple of years back. But uh, Tennessee, with Josh Dobbs as quarterback and Butch Jones, finally I think getting enough players in there, getting people he wants in there. uh, were a little bit of a sleeper team for people last year. I don't think Tennessee's getting really slept on this year. I think in a bit of a down year in the SEC, Tennessee is looking to really make its noise and make itself present and let it be known that they're here to stay. So I'll definitely say uh cover for Tennessee on the twenty and a half. And that wraps up the games for Thursday. As so we look ahead to Friday, most notable game there is uh Stanford versus K State, Kansas State. Stanford is a 14 and a half point favorite right now. Uh big news for this game, all about Christian McCaffrey. Uh finished second last year in the Heisman voting. My personal favorite to win the Heisman this year. Probably not going to have as good of a season as he did last year, but when you break an all-purpose record, kind of hard to follow that up. Definitely think Heisman voters are going to need to watch this, take advantage of this as Probably one of the only games most of them are going to be able to see of his because playing out on the West Coast, most of his games are starting at midnight or 1 in the morning for most of the Heisman voters. So definitely look for a big game for McCaffrey in this game. I think Stanford's going to win. Definitely cover the 14.5. And and, uh, definitely think that the Heisman voters are going to need to tune in for this one. And hopefully uh, McCaffrey starts off his Heisman campaign pretty well in this game. So that'll do it for the game on Friday. But now... Finally, what everyone is waiting for, the first Saturday of college football. We did it. We made it. We finally are here. Some people consider this the national holiday. I agree 100%. College football did a great great job this year, scheduling a lot of good games for the opening week. But Saturday, I think, really blows it out of the water. Going to start first off here in the Bluegrass State. uh, UK, the Wildcats playing Southern Miss. Uh, Kentucky's a six-point favorite in that game. Just talk a little bit about Kentucky the last two years. Bit of a disappointing seasons for them. Starting out real hot, winning a couple games each year, and then just not being able to finish. Uh, under Stoops, they were expecting fans were a little bit more by now, at least a bowl game, I think. But uh, I think this is a year that, If they are going to go to a bowl game, it could be that year. Um, That whole offseason for Drew Barker, the new quarterback, to really be looked at as the guy and learn the offense, get comfortable with the receivers, get comfortable with the running backs. they got a lot of weapons involved in the offense. Uh, Boom Williams coming back. JoJo Kemp as well, both at running back. Great one-two punch. A little sleeper in the slot. Uh, Charles Walker Uh, could be hopefully fine in the end zone. This year at least once. Uh, Like I said, looking ahead this year, I definitely think question marks for UK lie on the defense, especially the depth in the uh, front seven with the D-line and linebackers. But all you can do is hope for the best there, and hopefully with experience in games comes better reliability on them. So like I said, UK favored by six here. I definitely think Commonwealth will help them pull out a victory in this one. Definitely think they could cover the six. Folks, it's either going to be a uh, shootout, high scoring game with uh, UK running away with it, or it's going to be real nitty gritty. I don't foresee a ten to thirteen point victory. I either see fourteen plus points or a three point victory. But like I said, definitely think UK is going to cover the six here. Moving on, we go to Clemson versus Auburn. Clemson led by Deshaun Watson, one of the early season Heisman hopefuls. Uh, Clemson coming off losing the national championship in a great game last year to Alabama. Sucks to say. I hate Alabama, but definitely think the Tigers this year of Clemson are gonna be uh, front runners for the college football playoff the entire year, and Watson will probably be in the Heisman talks as well. Clemson's a seven and a half point favorite in this game. That's a little bit much for me, especially at Auburn. Auburn with their crazy offense, uh, fast up tempo offense under. Uh, Gus Malzahn, that offense is uh, pretty capable of putting up points in a hurry. They like to go fast pace, wear you down, but don't foresee Clemson really running out of steam here. think the game might be close until halftime, but Clemson, the 7.5-point favorite, think they get it done. think about 13 points maybe, Clemson victory, and uh, think Deshaun Watson gets his Heisman campaign started off on a uh, big note for this game as well. Moving on down the slated games, we come to uh, UCLA versus Texas A&M. Texas A&M is a three-point favorite. Definitely don't agree with this one. Definitely think UCLA is going to win this game. Probably a little bit easier than some people think as well. UCLA led by the super soft Josh Rosen at quarterback. Uh... Kind of getting pegged as the next Johnny Manziel. Don't agree with that, really. Uh, Kind of getting pegged with that just because he acknowledges that he goes out and parties. He's a college kid. Whether you're a star football player or you're just a regular college kid, you're going to go out and party. Uh, Definitely have to be a little bit smarter when you're in the position Rosen's in. But uh, it's fine. You're in college. Go have a good time. As long as you're at practice the next morning, uh, not hungover, ready to lead the team. I'm totally fine with that. Going to be a tough year, I think for the Aggies and Kevin, uh, Sult, Kevin Sumlin. Uh, had a lot of questions in the offseason about recruiting, uh, trust trustworthiness of his coaches. Uh, don't really know where they're going to get big plays from. Uh, I know they do have one good player on the defense, pretty good rusher, but he can't be the answer to all your problems. So uh, definitely think Texas A&M won't be covering this game. Take the uh, Bruins from UCLA in this one. Moving on to the uh, next game that college Triple has lined up for us. we got the LSU Tigers versus the Badgers from Wisconsin. LSU is favored by 10 points in this game. Uh, not real sure about that. The boys from Wisconsin always come ready to play, always ready to run the ball right down your throat, uh, always have some big playability as well, some tricks up their sleeves. But they're playing the Mad Hatter. The king of trick plays, if you will. And Les Miles, um, happy to see him back on the LSU sidelines. think it was a bit ridiculous that LSU fans and LSU, the school board and athletic board and whatnot, kind of wanted to shoot him out of LSU last year. I think he's a great coach. I think he gets players to come there, coaches him up, coaches them well. If you look at his track record, players in the NFL, he's had the talent. Uh, you could say he's been a little disappointing, but with one of the best running backs in college football this year and probably most people's either first or second Heisman favorite in Leonard Fournette, uh, I think LSU is poised to maybe get in the college football playoff or at least be in the conversation for most of the year. Again, always questions with the quarterback play there for LSU, but the defense and the running backs, if you got a person that control the clock, running up clock with Fournette, and then you got a defense that keeps people out of the end zone. you got a pretty good chance to win a lot of games. think LSU probably won't cover the 10 in this game. think Wisconsin keeps it pretty close. Probably a 7-point victory for LSU. I uh, think the Badgers going to have a bit of a tough year in the Big Ten. Uh, probably middle of the pack. Uh, definitely a bowl game. Normally not what they're used to up in Wisconsin, but still a pretty good year for them as well. Moving on to the next game. Uh, we got the Bulldogs from Georgia against the Tar Heels from North Carolina. Uh, top 25 matchup in the Georgia Dome, though. So a bit of a home field advantage for Georgia. Georgia a two-point favorite. I think this game has a possibility to be the game of the week. I know that's saying a lot going up against a couple games, but you got the coaching debut of a former defensive coordinator for Alabama, Kirby Smart, under the Bulldogs. And uh, North Carolina... Always a pretty good team. Never really been a contender in the ACC, but always a solid team. Always goes to bowl games, really. Always just, like I said, a solid team. Georgia always has a lot of talent. Wasn't ever really to get over the hump with Mark Rick at the uh, helm there, but Kirby Smart thinking to get his own program position in there, get his own philosophies and stuff. I think Georgia's a team to watch as well in the SEC this year, being a little bit down. But uh, definitely think Georgia will cover the two points they're given. So look for that, like I said, to be a game of the week. Moving on to another sleeper game of the week. We got Houston versus Oklahoma. Oklahoma's an 11 and a half point favorite. Um, Oklahoma led by Baker Mayfield. Uh, last year a Heisman contender. This year probably a Heisman contender. Um Under Stoops down there in Oklahoma, they've never really been able to really live up to any expectations, if that makes sense. Um, When they're pegged to have a good year, they don't. When uh, they're not really have a lot of expectations, they come out of nowhere, kind of like last year, and make a lot of noise like they did go into the college football playoff. Uh, Mayfield loses his number one receiver in Sterling Shepard to the NFL, so that'll have probably a pretty big impact on his production this year. Uh... Some J.P. Ryan, though, down there, great running back, uh, probably going to lean a little bit more on him this season, so Mayfield isn't having to run the ball, take a lot of big hits like he did last year, I feel like. Houston, though, wow, what can you say more besides wow? Last year, coming out of nowhere, uh, beating Florida State in the postseason, only losing a game last year, uh, kind of a fluky loss as well. Uh, Under Tom Herman in his first year, only looking to build on that success for a second year. Uh, If you look at it, really, Houston's kind of playing as a little audition to get into the Big 12. Big 12 talked about expanding. Houston makes a lot of sense where it is geographically. Um, So if you look at it, Houston's kind of playing more for than just the victory and the boost they need for the start of the year in their resume. They're kind of playing for a little audition to join the Big 12. Um Houston lost a couple starters to the NFL last year. Games at Houston, I think that's a big thing. They haven't really had much to uh get really hyped about, cheer about down there in the past couple of years when it comes to football, but probably their biggest game they've had in about I'd say maybe 10 to 15 years. So I expect uh Houston fans to really be out there, really impact the game. I'm gonna call a little Houston upset. Um that might not be a real popular pick. Uh, but like I said, Oklahoma has trouble living up to high expectations, in Houston, like I said, they do have a lot to play for, but I think Tom Herman's gonna have his boys ready to play, and think Houston will come out on top on this one. As we wrap up talking about Houston and Oklahoma, we'll look to the nightcap for Saturday, we we'll look to, uh, University of Southern California, USC versus Alabama, defending national champions, Bama's a uh, 11 point favorite in this game, uh, don't know if they'll be able to cover the 11 points. Uh, Bama, past 10 years, has always been top five preseason uh, under Nick Saban. Can't argue with that. You might not like it, but you can't argue with it. I certainly don't like it. Um, USC, trying to get its footing underneath itself. Uh, losing Cody Kessler, who was a very Pretty good quarterback last year. Going to have a little bit of a trouble replacing him. They have great athletes, like they always do. One to look out for in this game is Adoree Jackson. Number two plays a little bit of a cornerback. Plays a wide receiver, running back hybrid sometimes. Punt returner, kick returner sometimes. Uh, athlete, if you want to call it, just uh, playmaker as well. Just affects the games in a lot of ways. Uh, questions for Alabama this year losing Kirby Smart. Uh, Lane Kiffin, can he be able to repeat the success he's had in that weird little dynamic duo him and Nick Saban have had? Um, definitely going to have running backs there. Bo Scarborough stepping in, trying to pick up right where Derrick Henry left off. Uh, don't know much about the quarterback battle. Definitely don't think Alabama does either. I don't know if they've really been able to pick a starter yet. That's a bit concerning a couple of days before kickoff, but... I think Nick Saban, it's Alabama, it's big game, all eyes on the tide opening weekend. Think the tide get it done, think they win. Um, don't know about the eleven point cover, but definitely think they get things done. Looking further down the line for uh Alabama, they got a real rough schedule. Um they got Ole Miss at Ole Miss and uh Ole Miss past couple years has given them a real tough time. Uh Beat them the past two years, and I mean, that doesn't really seem to affect Alabama really because they lose that game and then they just get right into the uh, college football playoff and end up winning it. But if you look at it, they got to go to Arkansas, they got to go to Tennessee, they got to go to LSU, and then they got Auburn at home, which I mean, it's Auburn, it's a rivalry game, so anything could happen, but real tough games. A couple weeks though you look at it, before they do play at Ole Miss, they do have Western Kentucky, a bit of a cupcake game. Then before they play at Arkansas, they have Kentucky at Alabama. So again, a bit of a cupcake game. Um, But again, once they get into the thick of things, it goes at Arkansas, at Tennessee, and then Texas A&M, who again, down year, but still a tough team. And then if you look at it, at LSU, they have the week off before that. So pretty Difficult schedule, but again, favorable with who they have before big games and being able to. SEC's been criticized as being down a little bit this year. I don't think it's necessarily down. I just think it's more wide open for everybody this year. Um, If I had to guess right now, i definitely think LSU, Alabama will be top of the SEC West, probably Tennessee, Georgia, top of the SEC East. Get a good uh, historic teams, historically good teams back at the top. Uh, Besides, rather than just Alabama, SEC East has been a little bit of a dismal in the past years compared to the SEC West, so be good to get a couple classic powerhouses like Georgia and Tennessee back up to the top. Um, Like I said, Alabama probably not going to cover the 11, but definitely going to win this game. Uh, Again, further looking down their line, pretty tough schedule, pretty favorable though in the weeks leading up to it, so again... Look for the Tide to have a pretty solid year again under Nick Saban. That wraps up the games for Saturday, but don't you worry. Don't you worry. College football, they took care of us this year. They put a game on Sunday for us. We got Notre Dame, 10th in the nation against the Longhorns from Texas. Uh, Notre Dame, only a a three-and-a-half-point favorite. Granted, the game is in Texas, but uh, I think there's a bit of a... Not a real big talent gap, but a talent gap nonetheless. Uh, Charlie Strong down at Texas, coming from uh, UofL where he had a lot of great success. Uh, This was about the time in his uh, third year where he gets to have his players in. He's had his system there for a while where he kind of has what he wants in there. And you could see at Louisville, and I Kind of expected to happen here at Texas where things start turning around a little bit. Uh, Definitely foresee Texas going to a bowl game. Think now that Charlie's got a system in there, they'll be able to uh, really just make a big jump from where they have been. Kind of mediocre in the Big 12. Not really what Texas fans expected when Strong came here, but think they could make that step. Uh, Brian Kelly at Notre Dame always has a pretty good team. Uh, Malik Zaire, quarterback this year, I uh, think he's going to step up. question always is, is Notre Dame going to make the playoff without the conference, being in the conference and everything? Uh, they got to play a lot of ACC teams this year, just like they did last year. I think that'll help them a lot. I think they have a pretty favorable schedule. Um, pretty big opening test, though, at Texas. Uh, big thing is that it's at Texas. Uh, Austin is going to be rocking for that game. So... I definitely think Notre Dame will come out, win this game, cover, and uh, set their sights on the college football playoff where uh, they've been trying to get for the past two years. And uh, I think this year with their schedule and uh, Brian Kelly and Malik Zaire having enough time to just get together, really learn the offense, everything like that, I think Notre Dame could be a bit of a playoff sleeper, but you never know, especially not being in a conference. That really does hurt, not having a conference championship game. Oh. Finally, after that weekend of football, he just get to calm down, relax a little bit, get Monday off. But no! College football again. Always looking out for us. Scheduling a game for our day off. We got Ole Miss vs. Florida State. Ole Miss under uh, Hugh Freeze. Always going to be competitive. Uh, Kelly as quarterback last year, pretty mobile, pretty uh, bold quarterback, thinking he's the best quarterback in the SEC, if not the nation, uh, after his comments last year against Florida State, and uh, Florida State under Jimbo Fisher, whew, you did it, we made it through the weekend of college football, a lot of games, a lot of everything, just get to relax a little bit on Monday, wait, what? Shit, there's a game Monday night. That's right, college football again. Being generous to us this opening weekend with great games. Ole Miss vs Florida State going to close out the first weekend. Florida State, four-point favorite uh, under Jimbo Fisher. Looking to win the ACC, get back uh, into dominance, into the college football playoff, uh, win another national championship. Going to probably go this year as far as the legs of Dalvin Cook will carry him. Uh, Heisman favorite, one of the best running backs in the country. Um, Again, really goes for the Seminoles as far as he takes them. I like him. I think they have a very favorable schedule. Um, Again, going to have a real uh, Goliath versus Goliath matchup against Clemson. But uh, also has to travel to Louisville, like I said earlier. And Louisville, it'll be at Louisville. Anything could happen there. Lamar Jackson will be playing pretty well probably by that point in the season. So, Florida State, I pick them to win the ACC uh, and make the college football playoff. But really, it's just a, who knows right now. It's pre, It's pre. The games haven't even started yet. Ole Miss uh, under Hugh Freeze, very solid. Always beats Alabama. Uh, have Chad Kelly as quarterback, very good quarterback, very mobile for his size. Um, definitely, like I said, it'll be a close game, I believe. Florida, I believe Florida State is going to pull this one out, think they're going to cover probably about a 10-point victory for Florida State, really assert their dominance and show that they're uh, looking forward to the season. And Dalvin Cook probably uh, has a big night, starts his Heisman campaign off real right. That wraps up the uh, pick 'em portion of the college football first week. Uh, like I said, I also like to talk a little bit about the uh, college football playoff. Uh, we're in the third year. Games rightfully move from uh, New Year's Eve to New Year's Day. Um, some teams to look out for, maybe a little under the radar. Uh, Houston, I believe, they have a very favorable schedule. I know they open up a tough game against Oklahoma, but if they get past that, um, why not? I mean, they'll probably be undefeated, have that quality win. Uh, Florida State, I believe, also get in there. I think they're going to win the ACC. Uh, the SEC champion, whoever wins that conference, will be in, whether it's a one-loss or two-loss team. Uh, hoping it's not Alabama, but could easily foresee being Alabama. Any questions they have preseason are normally answered. By the uh, crunch time of the season. And they normally perform pretty well in the crunch time of the season under Saban. Uh If I had a hope for who could dethrone them, I'd pick LSU with Les Miles, Leonard Fournette. But like I said, it's a long shot. Uh, big, big 10. Lots of teams, three teams in there that are, have a real solid chance to win. You got the Buckeyes at Ohio State, you got Michigan under Jim Harbaugh. And you got the ever-so-quiet, just kind of there, but always a threat, always deadly, Michigan State Spartans. I think the Buckeyes are going to end up winning this. I think the game between Michigan and Ohio State will be for like the opportunity to go play in the Big Ten Championship, but I think Michigan's just a year, to all the expectations, they're kind of everybody's little sleeper pick and everything for the playoff. I think they're maybe a year or two just too early. Um, Michigan doesn't really know who their quarterback is. Um, The game between Ohio State and Michigan is at Ohio State, which is a real big factor. Uh, By that time, Ohio State, any questions they have on offense will probably be answered. Uh, JT Barrett, uh, great quarterback, real mobile, but can also throw the ball. Sleeper pick for the Heisman for myself. I understand I am an Ohio State fan, but uh, numbers do not lie. He broke an Ohio State Big Ten record his uh, freshman year when he was eligible to play that had been set by our own previous uh, Braxton Miller. So I definitely think uh, Buckeyes win the Big Ten. uh, Could foresee them maybe getting the three or the four seed in the playoff. Um, The Big 12. Big 12 is uh, pretty open. This year you got Oklahoma. Baylor's probably going to take a set back. Uh, Art Bryles being gone and just all that controversy. Um, TCU is also kind of a little trendy sleeper pick. Um, Kenny Hill transferred from uh, Texas N M there. And uh, kind of a little bit of a bigger uh, boykin that they had last year. Uh, under Patterson, the defense is always going to be stout, solid. They're coming to play every Saturday. So TCU... I think they finally get over the hump in the Big Twelve, win that conference. But what hurts them? No conference championship game. Um, the committee seems to really like that when it comes to the playoff, and if you're not winning a conference championship, you're normally not going to get in. Then we move out west to the Pac-12. Uh, they've been kind. Con- they've been left little in the dark this year. People don't really think much of the Pac-12 this year. Uh, Stanford, like I said, they'll probably be there to win it. Oregon, again, going to rely on a transfer at quarterback. Um, Is it just me or just Oregon's offense, their fast-paced kind of thing, just kind of seem to be, like, wearing out, like, thin, not really as effective as it used to be? I mean, I understand Chip Kelly's not there anymore, but they still get talented players and everything. It just doesn't seem like the fast-paced tempo offense is working that much for them anymore. Um David Shaw at Stanford always has the uh boys there ready to play. So, going to take Stanford, don't foresee them making it to the uh football playoff this year. Think they're going to go back to the uh to the Rose Bowl, probably have a good showing there. Josh Rosen at UCLA might have something to say about that. Um but I think Stanford overall is more of a complete team than UCLA. So, I like I said, I like Stanford out of the Big 12. So, if I'm going to, right now, gun to my head, if I had to pick four teams for the college football playoff, I'm going to go number one seed. I'm going to go Florida State. Um, like I said, win the ACC, have two very good victories, one against Clemson, one against UofL then probably one against Miami or North Carolina or Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. So there's three quality victories right there. Number two, I'm probably going to go Alabama. Alabama, like I said, they always come ready to play when it's crunch time. Saban gets the boys ready. Death, taxes, Alabama football in the college football playoff. Number three, three seed, I'm going to go Ohio State. Uh, I think Urban Meyer has a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. Not a lot of people know about this year, but definitely think Ohio State gets it together. Um, might slip up maybe at Oklahoma in the third week, but just because youth and at Oklahoma. But if you look, they also have the chance to beat Michigan State, oh Michigan, and then probably a pretty good Iowa team in the uh, Big Ten Championship. And like I said, they really like the committee does, conference champions. So a little contradictory there, though, for my fourth team, I got the uh, TCU Horn Frogs. Uh, like I said, I think they're going to win the Big 12 outright this year. I think Kenny Hill has a big year for them. I think the defense is very stout this year for them. So well, there you go. There's my four. Um, I think the uh, one versus 4 matchup between Florida State and uh, TCU. I'll give TCU the edge there. And then I uh, see the two versus three. I got Ohio State. Um, They've had Alabama's number in the past, and it's really not Ohio State having Alabama's number. It's more Urban Meyer having Nick Saban's number, if you think about it. Um, Back when they were both in the SEC, Urban at uh, Florida and Saban at Alabama and stuff. It uh really the only time Sabin beat him was when Urban had his health scare this season and uh, in the SEC championship with uh Tebow in the year Alabama ended up winning the national championship. Besides that, Urban's kinda dominated Saban in the past. So I think Ohio State gets past them and faces TCU in the uh national championship game. And I got the Horn Frogs beating my Buckeyes. Uh, it's a tough pill to swallow, tough thing to say, even though it's just preseason talk right now. But TCU, I think, is going to be able to put it together this year and really overcome a lot of hurdles and uh, surprise some people. But, yeah, that's just my thoughts right now, preseason. What do I know? But uh, that's uh, my idea on the college football playoff and how things are going to shape out this year. So that'll do it for our talk on college football for this first episode. Hope you enjoyed all that. Um, Now we're going to be moving on to a little baseball. Uh, September 1st, today when I'm recording this, uh, baseball season's in its final stretch. Division races are coming to an end. Postseason's about to begin. Uh, Update you a little bit on the races, uh, who's probably going to be in the playoffs and whatnot, and then give you little predictions for those, and then uh, see how that season wraps up. So with that being said, let's uh, get into this baseball talk. We're going to start with uh, some league standings. going to start in the National League, the NL East. The uh, Washington Nationals, led by Bryce, Har- Bryce Harper, Stephen Schausberg, at uh, 78-55, they got a nine-game lead on the defending NL-winning New York Mets. A uh, bit of a disappointing year for the Mets. Uh, Matt Harvey having to go get surgery. Um, Noah Syndergaard, Bryce DeGrom, uh, good years. Giannis Cespedes coming off uh, that big contract he got on the offseason, driving all those cars to uh, spring training. Aren't really helping out right now. They're coming on late a little bit. Definitely think, though, the uh, Nationals got this one. Moving on over now to the Central for the NL, we got the Cubs. Pretty much America's team right now. Everywhere you go, you see a Cubs fan. They're 15 games up. On the Cardinals. Cardinals really had control over that division, had that division by the balls for the past 10 years. Uh, Cubs, though, 85-47, and 47, almost 40 games above 500. Uh 3 Three-game win streak right now, very impressive. Chris Bryant, Jake Arrieta, uh, Addison Russell, J- Jason Hayward, just the list goes on and on. Really solid team. A lot of people's picks for the uh, World Series champs. Be over 100 years since they last one won one. You know, the curse, the Black Cat, uh, Jason Bartman costed them. Uh, it's a feel-good story. You'd like to see it. I wouldn't mind seeing it. You also have Pittsburgh down there as well. They're 17 and a half games back at 67 and 64. Really expecting a better year from them, and especially Andrew McCutcheon, but what can you do? Moving out to the West Coast now, we're going to talk a little bit about the NL West, and one of the more interesting uh, division races right now in baseball. You got the Dodgers and the Giants right now, kind of competing for that top spot. Giants are only a game and a half back from the Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers started out real hot, and then injuries, man, injuries. They're the most injured team in the base in the leagues this year, uh, especially to their ace Clayton Kershaw. Um, you hate to see that was probably on pace to win another NL Cy Young, which is incredible for him. And then Yasiel Puig, what's going on with him? Why is he down in the majors? I understand why, but he's been in the league long enough where he should have adjusted. He should have gotten better, and now he's down there. Uh, San Francisco, the Giants behind Masson Bumgarner, great player, great pitcher, is willing to go out and just pitch whenever you need him to. Good three-man rotation every third day. Showed in the uh, playoffs a couple years ago that he's willing to throw on short rest. So if I had to put a put a prediction on this, I think the Giants are going to come out and probably win the NL West. Now, after we look at all the divisions, we're going to look at the wild card in the NL. Like I said, San Francisco, I foresee them winning the uh, NL West. So that knocks them out, so they don't need to win the wild card. So there's pretty much a spot available. Right now, the uh, Cardinals are right there. And then the Mets are only a half a game and a half back along with the pirates at two and a half games back. So I think the Mets and the pirates are going to have a real tough competition there. Uh, be pretty impressive at the NL central, like they did last year, get three teams in to the playoffs again. Um, I don't foresee it happening though. I think the Mets going to lean on their pitching with, uh, Syndergaard and probably, uh, DeGrom, Cespedes will probably come out to play. um, like I said, think the Mets are going to be able to uh, be that second wild card behind the Cardinals. Alrighty, now that we've got the NL done, we're going to move on to the American League. Start out with the AL East. you got got uh, the Blue Jays from Toronto. They had a two-game lead on the Red Sox, who started the year off hot. Um, kind of digressed a little bit, but now coming on strong late in the year. Boston, one of those teams that every other year seems to be right in the mix um, Toronto last year, uh, making it all the way to the AL Series Championship. Um, and got a lot of bait, got a lot of bats in it, led by Joey Bats, the bat flipper himself, just said bat a lot, but, uh, always a very potent offense the past few years they've had. Um, if I had to guess, I'd say Toronto's gonna end up winning this one, holding off Boston. Uh, if you look down in the bottom of the division a little bit, you got the Yankees who, uh, Kind of in a bit of a rebuilding uh, mode right now. But uh, the Baby Bombers, uh, having a lot of of success for them lately. So, don't think they're going to make a threat this year. But uh, Yankees, a team on the rise. I mean, Yankees, screw the Yankees. But a team on the rise, nonetheless, in the coming years, I foresee. As we uh, move on down to the central of the AL, we got the uh, Cleveland Indians. Uh, another one of, not America's teams, but another feel-good story, just like the Cubs. Um, they got a four-and-a-half game lead on Detroit. Cleveland all years leaned on their pitching. Danny Salazar, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, um, great group of staff, great group of pitchers there. Terry Francona, proven winner as a manager, um, always seemed to find a way to win. Um, they got Francisco Lindor, a great young player. Mike Napoli, Jason Kipnis, kind of showing these guys the ropes and whatnot. I think they got a real good blend of players um, traded for Andrew Miller at the trade deadline. He's been filthy as a closer setup, man. So think the Cleveland Indians are going to win the Central. But a uh, strong team coming on are the uh, Royals defending uh, World Series champions. They're seven and a half back. Uh, in the Central, but definitely think they're going to secure a wild card, so they're a team to look out for. That about wraps up the AL Central, so let's uh, move on down to the AL West. You got the Texas Rangers with an eight-and-a-half game lead on the uh, Houston Astros. Uh, Astros last year were a real surprise team. This year uh, kind of started out hot, kind of sizzled out during the middle of the year. Uh, Corey... Uh, Dallas Keuchel, not Corey. Dallas Keichel hasn't really been of uh, much of a success as he was last year. Still a good, good player. Um, definitely think the Rangers are going to make the uh, playoffs this year as the AL West winner. Um, Rangers pose a lot of problems for a lot of teams in the AL. Uh, they just won the series against uh, the Indians and stuff. So I think Texas has a good mix of bats and pitching. Um, real... Real tough team, gonna to be a real tough out. Don't want to play them anytime soon in the playoffs. That wraps up the divisions of the AL. So now we're gonna talk a little bit about the wild card. Wild card right now, you got Boston and uh, at the top, they're two games above Baltimore and Detroit, who are tied at a seventy two and sixty one overall in the year. Right behind them, you got Houston, one game back, and then you got Kansas City at three games back. Like I said, I foresee Kansas City being the team to get in there along with Boston. Um, It'll be rough for Baltimore and Detroit. Um, Don't foresee them really losing it. I foresee them having a rough struggle of a couple games and Kansas City kind of piecing it together at the right time and sliding in there. So that about wraps up the AL leagues and who is going to win those and whatnot. So now that we got who will be in the playoffs for the baseball season, let's talk a little bit about who might win the whole thing. I think coming out of the NL, I think the two power teams are going to be the Cubs and the Giants. would love to see a good seven-game series between them and the NL Championship Series. I uh, think the Cubs are going to have too much, though, overpower the Giants and win the NL. Now we look over to the AL side of things. Uh, Cleveland, would love to see them win. Uh, could see them facing the Rangers in the AL Championship Series. Um, Rangers, as I said, going to be a hard out for anybody, but I uh, think the Rangers probably beat the Indians in the ALCS and then lose to the Cubs in the World Series probably in six games. And uh, finally, Cubs fans can rejoice. The curse is lifted. Um, Theo Epstein has been a great uh, general manager for them, brought in a lot of good pieces, Chris Bryant, Jason Hayward, Jake Arrieta. I think it's about time they bring a championship back to uh, the Cubs organization. I think this is the year they get it done. That'll wrap up our discussion for MLB so far. Um, Now we're going to move a little bit on to the NFL. Talk a little preseason. Um, Last week starting for that. This weekend, um, real NFL season starts September 8th, Thursday night with the Broncos, who just named Trevor Simeon over Mark Sanchez and Paxton Lynch, uh, starting quarterback. Simeon out of Northwestern, a bit of a no-namer, not really known, but if you think about it, last year Peyton Manning was kind of, back there, game manager, ultimate game manager, really, but got the job done because of the defense, won a championship because of the defense, and Peyton, at the end of the year, wasn't turning it over, and I think Broncos organization is really talking thinking, hey, kids from Northwestern, he's smart, probably won't turn the ball over, has a good grasp on the offense, understands we don't need him to go out there and win games, just don't lose him. So I think Simeon, uh, probably a solid starter, probably not going to start all 16 games. I think Paxton Lynch by week 10 or 12 is going to be in there. Paxton Lynch gets the final preseason game all to himself. I think if he plays well, Mark Sanchez probably traded or cut. Uh, You hate to see that. Because, I mean, with the Jets, I think this team is comparable to the years of Rex Ryan's Jets where Mark could just go in there and manage and let the defense go in games. And they went back, went to back-to-back AFC championships, didn't win any, but were always there in the mix the first uh, two years under Rex Ryan, kind of the same comparable situation. But if Paxton Lynch plays well, I could definitely see Sanchez not even making a roster. For the Broncos, so thing to look at for that final week for the Broncos in preseason. So now if we get to look a little bit more at the preseason, a couple players who haven't really impressed when they needed to this preseason. uh, Pretty easy to start off with, but uh, Jared Goff, the first overall pick for the uh, new LA Rams. Uh, Been able to get a closer look at him as a rookie in the preseason thanks to Hard Knocks on HBO don't know why I'm giving Hard Knocks a plug. Uh, it's not like they need it or anything. But uh, just hasn't progressed really as much as you'd like them to. Hasn't uh, shown enough really uh, to, for the coaching staff out there in L.A. to have a confidence and name him the starter over Case Keenum, who isn't a terrible quarterback, but in the NFL when you take a rookie – number one like that, quarterback, you're going to want them to play. So I think Goff kind of let coaching staff down and put them in a real tough position with management and whatnot. Uh, I think Jeff Fisher is going to have a hard time saying, well, he doesn't give us enough uh, opportunity to win. I got to start Case Keenum when they went and used the number one overall pick and traded up to get him. So, again, Goff, uh, verdict isn't out on him yet. It's just preseason uh, so far, but I think he's kind of underwhelmed a little bit so far. Not to be one to dwell too much on the negative, though. Uh, let's look a little bit at players that have impressed, teams that could uh make a little noise this season. Uh, gonna start right away with uh the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Jameis Winston coming off a very good rookie season, went to the Pro Bowl. Uh, think he's only gonna build on that. Think him and Mike Evans' chemistry is only gonna get better. Uh, got Doug Martin there as well, Jameis Winston's performed pretty well in the preseason, don't foresee them winning the uh, NFC South, but I uh, think they can definitely compete for a wild card maybe, got a good defense as well along with Winston and his progression, um, gonna have again, which really big, is Winston's gonna now have his offensive coordinator from last year as his head coach. And I think the system was also a really big part of Jameis being able to put up those big numbers. Another player team that has uh, really surprised me, done real well, is uh, Jacksonville. Jacksonville has uh, they drafted uh, Miles Jack, and they uh, drafted Jalen Ramsey. They really addressed the defense on that side of the ball. I um, think they're only going to get better, again, in a real tough division, AFC South, with also another team and players that I think have really stepped up uh, the Houston Texans. Brock Osweiler brought in, kind of unknown, didn't really get to really be the man in Denver, kind of always knew that when he came back, Peyton was going to be the starter. Uh, Texans spent big money on him in the offseason, but they surrounded him with playmakers. I mean, they brought in Lamar Miller, they brought in Braxton Miller, Will Fuller from the draft, uh, surrounded him, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, the number one receiver, with people to load, lessen the load on him. Um, I definitely think the uh, Texans are going to win the FC South over the Colts and the Jaguars. But uh, yeah, just two teams and a couple players there that I thought have really shined and been a bit of a surprise for the preseason, really giving their fans something to look forward to when it comes to the NFL season. Now that we got the preseason talk done, let's shift gears a little bit. You play fantasy football, probably. I play fantasy football, probably. And we're always looking for sleepers. Somebody that we can steal in the late rounds of the draft and look like geniuses in front of our friends or family or coworkers or anything later in the year when he's putting up big numbers each week. Um, This year, going to give you a couple, one, two, or three players, sleepers, I think, that could be at each position. Get the ball rolling. uh, Put the ball in the air. We're going to start off with quarterbacks. Uh, really, probably the most important position when it comes to football, fantasy or real life. I'm um, gonna start off maybe a little controversial sleeper. Gonna start off with uh, Robert Griffin III at Cleveland. Um, think he kind of got a bad deal in Washington after his rookie year. Was kind of forced, maybe a little bit, to be more of an NFL quarterback. Which I mean, you do need to progress as become, but. Uh, to go from one system where he was able to run around and do whatever he wanted to uh, completely not being able, allowed to do that his second year because of injuries was uh, pretty difficult for him. And I think he got a raw deal. Now that he's in Cleveland with uh, Josh Gordon, granted Gordon's got the four-game suspension, but they showed a great connection in the uh, third preseason game. Connected on two pretty deep balls and a touchdown um, with Hawkins, Andrew Hawkins, is another receiver. Terrell Pryor, I think he's got enough weapons around him to be good. I think he's got an okay enough running game to support the passing game as well. So, Robert Griffin III under Hugh Jackson there in Cleveland. A little bit of a sleeper if you're looking. Um, If you're in a 12-team league, maybe a 9th or 10th round guy. Um, I think if you want to as well a sleeper pick, Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe just for the first four weeks, um, circle around, get Tom Brady in the later rounds, have Garoppolo as well, just for the first four weeks, moving on to number two, gonna start with, uh, Dak Prescott, Tony Romo news just came out this week that he's gonna be out at least six to ten weeks, if I had to guess, I could foresee Dak taking the, uh, if Tony's out for six games, I could see Dak taking the Cowboys to four and two, and they're really being a tough position And Jason Garrett to put Tony back in or leave Dak, and I think, uh, I think Tony will be out eight games, and I think Dak will have him five and three or six and two, and I know that's really lofty goals, really probably crazy, but I think Dak Prescott could be a solid eight-week starter for you in fantasy, so... If you want to take him and take another solid quarterback, go right ahead. I don't see why he couldn't. Uh, another sleeper, kind of a travesty at this point to call him a sleeper, but Blake Bortles um, has a lot of weapons around him. Marcus Lee, uh, Allen Robinson, Allen Hearns, both put up great numbers last year. Uh, Julius Thomas also has a great running game that will be able to open up the passing game for him. So look for Blake Bortles as well to be a, a solid sleeper. Probably get him in the 6th or 7th round. Not an elite quarterback just yet, not top 10 quarterback just yet, but up there, I think. Um, The fourth sleeper I got for you, again, kind of a crime to call him a sleeper at this point, but Derek Carr. Um, I know they brought in, the Raiders did, the kid from Michigan State to kind of compete with him, I guess. Don't really know why. He's only been in the league two years as Derek Carr, but... The jump he made in his rookie year to his sophomore year was pretty nice, pretty well. They brought in Amari Cooper for him, Michael Crabtree. They surrounded him with more players. They got a great running back in uh, DeAndre Washington from Texas Tech uh, for him. That's a great pass catcher, rookie season this year. Um, Think he's going to only build on that success and uh, have a pretty good uh, third year. So that's my uh, sleepers at quarterback for this year in fantasy. Now that they got quarterbacks out of the way, we're going to move on to running backs. Kind of a uh, lost position in fantasy and the NFL a little bit, moving more to passing. So, uh, sleepers for running backs this year. Going to go number one, Amir Abdullah uh, out of Nebraska in his second year for the Lions. Had a bit of a rookie struggle for them last year. Uh, Crowded backfield as well, but I think now that Megatron's gone, they're going to try and reestablish their identity as an offense, so definitely think uh he's got a good chance of coming in and really having a good sophomore year for the lions another player in the same position as abdullah uh another second year guy melvin gordon uh melvin gordon drafted last year by the chargers early in the first round uh they thought they were he was going to be the cowbell back and be able to uh carry the offensive load running wise for them but uh didn't find the end zone once last year so a little bit of a disappointing year but uh They addressed some offensive line needs in the offseason through the draft, which was a real big struggle for them. Um, Trying to figure out the whole run zone scheme thing that they had going last year was a big thing for Gordon as well. I think a whole other year in that was uh, very good for him. So I think, again, just like Abdullah, going to be able to uh, get Melvin probably fourth or fifth round and uh, probably have second or third value by the end of the year. Now we're gonna be moving on to wide receivers, the big stuff. Um if you're playing in PPR, you obviously know players like Julio Jones, Antonio Bryan, Odell, Beckham Jr., they're gonna be gone. They're not sleepers, probably the best receivers in the league. But uh players to look out for a little bit. Uh Chris Hogan for the Patriots has shown pretty well in the preseason that if you give him the chance he could be a pretty integral part of the uh offense for them and uh has looked good with Garoppolo, which is really important the first four games. And I think if he gets a chance to work with Brady at all. During practice and builds a rapport. uh, I think he could be the starting receiver. Opposite of Edelman. And uh, a little bit bigger than Edelman. Maybe not as fast. But bigger than he is. So um, good compliment to Edelman. Another receiver that uh, could show some big potential. Devontae Parker. But also in the Miami receiving core. Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills. Uh, is probably going to be the third slot receiver, not the third slot receiver, but the third receiver, the slot receiver for the uh, Miami Dolphins beside behind Jarvis Landry and Devontae Parker. Look for Devontae Parker to have a great year along with Jarvis Landry. Landry, probably not a sleeper. Devontae Parker, maybe a little bit just because of. Didn't really have a full season to show off his full potential, but last year at the end he got to, and it was really impressive. But Kenny Stills coming over from uh, the Saints in New Orleans. Think now that he's not really in a really crowded receiving core like there was in uh, the Saints. I think he'll have a chance to really show what he can do and be pretty impressive. So going from the Dolphins, we're going to talk about the Saints now. We're going to talk about a rookie. We're going to talk about Michael Thomas out of uh, Ohio State. Um, this may sound like a bit of a homer, but I think he could be a real surprise, a real good pickup later in the rounds, maybe the 8th or 10th round area right there um Marcus Colston's gone um Benjamin Watson's gone they brought in Kobe Fleener but um Michael Thomas has been really impressive in practice Sean Payton the head coach even said if he played fantasy football he'd take him um as far as I've seen he's been running with the ones all camp and all preseason um they left him out there a couple times with the twos I would assume just to get more reps and whatnot but I think uh More time with Breeze over the season, only get him better and better, and uh, look for him to have a pretty stellar rookie year and a pretty good sleeper year for you in fantasy. From wide receivers to tight ends we go. Tight ends um, should be treated a little bit more better than what they are in fantasy. I mean, they're pretty much just bigger wide receivers, guys, and girls. But uh, some sleepers this year, I think uh, Zach Miller... Um, tight end for the uh, Bears had a string of games where he caught a touchdown in each game, and then one game he caught two or so, which kind of caught my eye at the end of last year and kind of remembered him. I have him in my league this year. And then um, if you can, take Ladarius Green, stash him. He's out. He's on pup for the first six weeks. But find yourself an okay tight end like a Zach Miller or a Kobe Fleener. Or a Dwayne Allen, who is just a red zone, target, touchdown machine with Andrew Luck. Find one of them. Um, Ladarius Green up in Pittsburgh. Big Ben loves to use the tight end. Look at Heath Miller. Look at how many catches he had over his career from Big Ben to him. Too many to count. Too many for me to know right off the top of my head. Um, Ladarius Green, I think, if he's given enough time to heal. Yeah, he's kind of been in concussion protocol for a while and whatnot, but... Um, if you give him the time off, which he needs, which I think the six weeks will be, could be a real big player for you. Like I also mentioned, I like Dwayne Allen, um, Kobe Fleener, making the change of scenery, which gives Dwayne Allen the sole possession of starting tight end in Indianapolis. He's going to move on down to the Saints in New Orleans is Fleener and uh, going to be the primary tight end there. Uh, Drew Brees, again, loves big athletic tight ends. Jimmy Graham, uh, who's now in Seattle, but, Kobe Fooner, I think, will step right in for him and Benjamin Watson and uh, take right over where they left off and be that guy, that safety valve, that big play guy for uh, Drew Brees. That's it, guys. We did it. We made it through. If you're still listening, I greatly appreciate it. Um, the inaugural first episode of Carson Sack, where we talk balls, is in the books. Um, again, I really appreciate you listening this far. Um, I'm going to try and put out two podcasts a week. One on Tuesdays after the uh, football week is done and one on Fridays, right before the football week start. And you might be saying, football is dictating your podcast. It's my podcast. I'll put out the episodes whenever I like. Uh, sorry if you disagree with that. Um, might take it into consideration, might not. Um, if something special is going on where I can't, Do it on a Tuesday or Thursday. I might record it a little bit earlier, a little bit later. Um, Like I said, I'm going to try and keep up on this and do it twice a week for you all. Um, This is something I want to do with my life, and I appreciate any support, any feedback I can get from this. Um, Keep your criticisms, hopefully, constructive. Don't just say, oh, you got a dumb voice. Oh, your audio is messed up. Yes, my audio might be a little messed up. I recorded this on GarageBand on my Mac at 2 in the morning. Um, So with more time and effort that I get into this, probably the better it will be. Uh, Just like anything, it's going to take time. And I hope you all join me. Listen in when you have a chance. I'm not trying to change the world here. I'm just trying to give you... Something to listen to when you're walking to class, if you're a student, sitting at your desk, uh, if you're a businessman or anything like that, driving to work, anything. Just something to listen to, to enjoy, to take your mind off things for an hour or however long my podcast is going to be. I appreciate you listening in, taking your time to listen to the first episode, and with that, I'm signing off.